This is Chris Wren from Bridge Nine Records, and you are listening to the new scene. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new scene. We're back with our top records of 2022 special presentation. And I've got back on the show with me right now, Casey Iodine. Casey, welcome back. What's going on, Keith? Glad to do this with you. It's funny because I talk to you on the phone so frequently that it now feels weird to be in podcast format. Yeah, isn't it weird? I I would say, I think I talk to you more than my own family, which uh, they might not like to hear. But look, we talk probably three to four times a week and catch up on stuff and all of that. So I have to agree with you. It is a little weird to now be in the structured format of the podcast environment where I have to really enunciate every word like I'm doing right now. I love it. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. And look, I'm excited to once again bring you, the listener, our top 10 records of 2022. There's so much great music this year, almost too much to even comprehend. Casey's got his top 10. I've got my top 10. We will be delivering each to you with some award-winning commentary on top of that. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So let's not waste any time, Casey. Let's do it. Let's get right into this. This is the definitive top 10 list of the year. Casey is a major mogul in uh, independent records. Iodine is taking the world by storm. So his opinion carries a lot of weight. And me, I am just the arbiter of good taste. People turn to me for the latest and greatest in music and my Look, our opinions carry a lot of weight, and we will be delivering them to you right now. And there you go. I mean, wow. this 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 top ten list, the our top ten lists, are sure to generate a lot of press. I mean, it's going to get picked up by, uh, well, I don't want to name any specific publications, you know, no free rides, but look, big things are going to happen now. Casey, we're going to start with... Oh, yeah. And before I get started, I, I, a little disclaimer. Now, these are our top 10 records of the year. Yes. However, these are not the only records we listen to this year. There's a lot of great music out there. There's tons of great music out there. However, the specific rules state that we can only pick 10 records, or 11 in Casey's case, for our top 10. But more on that later. More on that later. I don't want to give too much away. So, well, I, I got to say, you know, th this was a hard year. It, like, there was so much good stuff that came out this year that I, I had a lot of anxiety coming up with just 10. And, you know, I, I'll tell you my metrics in a minute, but um, there's for sure a lot of albums that are not listed on this list that do deserve a spot in the top 10. Yes, I. Uh, this is probably the first year ever where I was struggling to fit records into the top 10 rather than looking for records to put into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good thing. That means there's a lot of good music out there. So Casey's going to kick us off, and here we go. Take it away, Casey. So this year, I, I kind of used a metric of not only what I was listening to the most, but also what I felt like was a unique or kind of standout album that, you know, across different genres that really made an impact. So there's kind of a mix of both, both what I felt were great albums and albums that just happen to be stuff that I listened to throughout the year. Uh, my number 10 is Hey Thanks, Start Living. Excellent record. Excellent. Absolutely. And anyone who hears this band can't deny how talented they are. And I think very few bands can pull off a debut album this good. And, you know, people are probably thinking right now, like, oh, 
hey, Casey's only listing, you know, iodine releases on his top 10, which isn't true. I, this band and this album in particular, it, the hooks were just so infectious and so good. That's why I signed them. And um, I do think that it stands apart from a lot of releases that came out this year or in past years because it's just so well done and so well executed for a new band. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to believe this is their debut record. It's so polished. It really stands on its own. Uh, it would be a disservice to classify it as emo or whatever genres you have out there. A very strong debut from a very strong band. Yeah, absolutely. So... Congrats, hey, thanks, because I, I expect big things from them. There you go, number 10. Moving on to number nine. All right, say what you will, but I love Taylor. And <laughs> I really didn't want to put a major label release on this list, but I think it's worth noting that Taylor Swift has really expanded her sound and you know really matured as a as a songwriter but also from a pop singer to someone who's shown how versatile she is and you know very few musicians can pull that off um, so number nine Taylor Swift Midnights this has been on repeat since it came out there's no denying the power of Taylor Swift. Did you see that whole debacle with people trying to get tickets to her concerts oh, yeah. and they just couldn't do it? Yeah, I, I, that was pure entertainment right there. <laughs> She's a sensation, and there's no denying it. I'm not uh, deeply familiar with her albums, but I do like that Welcome to New York song, you know, because I live in New York, and, yeah. well, I don't know. It's good. Well, hey, I, I think she's big because of her talent, you know? Oh, yeah. She does it all. She plays guitar. She sings. She's a she is a major talent. There you go. Number nine. Okay. Number eight. Oh, yes. Yeah. So for number eight, we've got Psalm, The Shape of Everything. And... Here's a band that just completely killed it on their debut album. And, you know, I, I know no one in the band is new to music, but, you know, it just it shows how talented they are. And this album, I felt like it felt both familiar, but new at the same time, you know, and they bring this really unique sound, you know, that's both dreamy, heavy, kind of with an air of mystique. And, you know, there's not many bands doing what they're doing. And I think this album just really stood out to me this year as, you know, one that you know, just scratched a lot of itches for me. 100%. Listen to this riff. You can't beat that. It's like unbelievably heavy, but also poppy in a sense. Yeah. This, this album's been on repeat all year long. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I was at their, uh, I was at their. It was either the first or second show, live show. I can't remember. And from that first time seeing them, I have been a fan. the The debut record was unbelievable. The EP follow up EP was unbelievable. This record is unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this band. They're just hitting all home runs. Yeah. So far. All right. Number seven. Number seven is City of Caterpillar, Mystic Sisters. Um, I think expectations for this record were really high. Um, you know, people really love this band, and I think they hold you know an important place in underground music. So the bar was pretty high for a new record, and I think they really delivered. You know, it gave fans what they wanted. But it still feels new and, you know, developed, you know, from a, a musical standpoint or a sonic standpoint. And you, you could just tell that they put a lot of themselves into making it. Um, you know, it, it kind of has a lot of highs and a lot of lows throughout the album. 
and um, you know it it just really hits and it pr- hits pretty hard. Yeah, great stuff. It really stands on its own. You know, it, it doesn't exactly sound like anything else, and I really respect that. Wonderful guest to have on the show too, Ryan. Yeah, so, Ryan uh, was great. And yeah, can't say enough good band. things about this man. <laughs> every yeah. band that's ever come out of Virginia. <laughs> the man is a pro. There you go, number seven. Moving on to number six. So for number six, we had uh, Zola Jesus, Akron, Archon, 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 pronouncing it right. <clears throat> I, this record is just beyond beautiful. Um, it's dark and heavy, but not heavy in a musical way, just like heavy on the soul. And, uh, you know, I'll admit it's hard for me to listen to this record unless I'm in the right state of mind to listen through. And um, there's a song about three quarters of the way through the album called Desire. And it just, oh, te- God. Oh, it just tears me apart every time I hear it. And that song that, is so good. Yeah. And that is the highlight of the album. And, you know, this album really came into focus for me after um, you had them on the show, um, yeah. the interview. And it just kind of gave it a completely new depth to me. And, um, you know, this one was a hard. I this one it was hard to not put it number one, um, but it's it's a really special record, and um, you know, really really excited about it. Yeah, this um, this is an incredible record, and I just think uh, I just think Nika is amazing. Just uh, her talent, her musicianship. Uh, her fashion, her presentation, everything about her is amazing. After you know, leading up to having her on the show, and after having on the sh- having her on the show, I was doing a deep dive, watching the videos, listening to the music, and wow, she's amazing. Yeah, and there's not a lot of people doing what she's doing, and you know, I'd go out on a limb and say it, what she's doing is completely unique. There you go. Zola Jesus. Okay. Now, Casey has two entries for number five here, and I know why. But look, we're, we're going we're gonna to go through these albums, and then he's going to tell us the situation. So here we go. Entry 5.2. Oh, yes. A song yeah. I have mentioned many times on the show. So number five was really hard for me, and um, it was kind of a head-to-head between Her Head's on Fire and the next one, which we'll get to in a second, but uh, Collard Rock and Clove Cigarettes, which is another album that came out on Iodine, this record really resonated with me. You know, it really brought me back to a time in music where, you know, things were just kind of like burgeoning, you know, back in the nineties. And, you know, again, a debut record for, you know, a bunch of musicians that have been in the game for 20 to 30 years and they just really nailed it. And, um, I, I think that they are going to continue to write great music and this album stands out because there's not a lot of bands that are doing what they're doing. This kind of, you know, emo adjacent but you know maintaining that kind of alternative 90s sound with a with a hint of grunge and um just a lot of different influence going into it yeah that's what i love about it listen to that riff hold on a second i'm going to turn this up a little bit very very like quicksand grungy amazing they always open with this song when i see them live so I'm going to let it go till it kicks in because uh, I always talk about this song on the show. And Joe is great. The band is great. I'm personally recommending this band to you, the listener. Listen to this. Here it comes. Ready? 
Ready? Here we go. You can't beat that. Yeah, if that doesn't hit home, I don't know what does. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Number five. Her head's on fire. Now, there's another number five. Casey, take it away. So, the other number five is uh, One Line Drawing, Tender Wild. And, you know, anyone who's familiar with Jonah Matranga's work um, can clearly see that this is some of his greatest work over his almost 30-year career. Actually, no, it is a 30-year career at this point. Um, I think that everything that he's been writing up until this point is kind of culminated into this record. And it shows not only because of the songwriting, but because of all the guest musicians he brought on board that really span the career of his work. Um, you know, everyone from Chris Caraba, uh, Norman Brannan, uh, Zach Lind from Jimmy Eat World, um, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, and it just, it hits everything that he's good at you know it's got pop songs it's got the folky mellow songs um it's got the quirky songs with you know some digital stuff and you know yeah it's another record that's on iodine but you know when he brought it to me i was just blown away with you know this beautiful record that he wrote and i just got lucky that i got to put it out on my label great stuff jonah is a legend i'm glad i got to see one line drawing live at the the iodine tour as i've dubbed it uh the guy's just amazing i love him and look casey i can see why you've got you've you've got these two records here because not only are you a uh leading figure in music but you run the label you know like, what if you leave somebody off? You're going to get angry phone calls, <laughs> letters. Uh, people are going to leave the label. You'll be sued. I mean, it, it, any number of things can happen. <laughs> well, I, I think the reality is actually something more simple than that, which is I only put out records that I love. And so, you know, people come to me with records all the time that I'm just not that into. And it doesn't mean that it's a bad record. Yeah. But it kind of shows that... Like, this is not only music that I work with, but music that I really care about. And, you know, it it hits home to me. And that's why I become a part of, you know, the, the overall project. That makes sense. I have a similar approach with the podcast. It has to be something I'm interested in that I think will be interested. You know, if it was a band I didn't like at all, I, I, th- I would have a very hard time working with it yeah absolutely okay number four for number four i've got holy fawn dimensional bleed yes and let's be honest here for holy fawn it was going to be really really hard for them to beat death spells you know a record that in my opinion is practically perfect but they did it, you know, and not only they did they do it, they they did it really well. Um, this record has everything I want. It's dark, it's atmospheric, it's heavy, it's gloomy. Um, there's no part of this record that disappointed me. And you know, I again, I think for a band like this, the bar is pretty high because you know, how do you come off an album like Death Spells? you know, and write something that's at least as good, if not better. Holy Fawn cannot miss. This band can do no wrong in my eyes. I absolutely love them. Yeah. And, you know, to be completely honest, this was my number one for a while, but, you know, I resonate or I sat on this list for a little over a week and really kind of hash out, you know, what I felt was like the top five. And, um, you know, I, I think from four to one, it gets really gray as to what which album fits in that top slot. But I mean, this one is a strong contender for album of the year for sure. 
Yeah, I did the same thing. I had my list, and then I looked at it, and then I looked at my Spotify wrapped, and I saw what I listened to the most, and I was like, wait a minute, let's really think about this. And then I got too neurotic about it, and then I was like, all right, dude, number six, number seven, do you like this one more than this one? Yes. All right, move it up here. And then I just, you know, kind of positioned it that way. All right, we're in the top three now, so strap in. This is Casey's top three. We're getting into the real heavy hitters now. And here we go. Number three. Oh, yes. Now, if you don't know what this is, you've got serious problems that I cannot help you with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those that are still scratching their heads, it's Cave-In, Heavy Pendulum. Oh, yeah. Um. Again, this is another record the bar was really high for, um, but Cave-In delivered. Yeah, and here's the thing with this record. I can't imagine how hard it was to write and record a full length without Caleb. Yeah. Um, And I think the one thing that really changed this record for me was hearing... You know, actually... It may have been your interview with Adam. Uh, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong here, but um, that a lot of the riffs were actually Caleb's riffs. Did he tell you that? Yeah, there there is still some Caleb riffage and Caleb lyrical content right. in this record. And yeah. Yeah, so that changed the record for me because, you know, they, they remembered the riffs or they had some, you know, demos recorded or whatever it might have been. Um, all of a sudden when I went back through and listened to this record you know I can hear Caleb's influence on it Um, and you could feel his presence Um, I mean beyond that it has everything you want from Cave-In right it has heavy parts it has groovy parts it gets spacey at times it's everything you want right from a Cave-In record Um, you know the band is an institution at this point and they really didn't disappoint not at all. I'm glad they came back with a proper studio record. I didn't even realize that White Silence was a practice space record that, you know, that they recorded in their practice space that Adam told me about on the show. And yeah, that conversation with Adam made me love the band even more. This band got me into hardcore. I heard Programmed Behind and I thought, hey, I can appreciate this music. And I've been a fan of the band ever since. Well, there were some years where I was upset that they changed their sound, but I've since gotten over that. And they delivered. Boy, did they deliver. I think, Casey, I think this is actually the song uh, that the Caleb riff came from. If I remember correctly, Adam said, you know, Steve just remembered this riff, that that main riff for New Reality, and then that's what kicked off the song, and it was a Caleb riff. Yeah, I it almost gives me chills just hearing that, you know? Yeah, it's got to be an unbelievable... Just the emotional weight of recording that whole album in the process and having someone new in there, and and it just... It must have been unbelievable. But I'm really happy that they wrote a great album, that they're still out there doing it. They should still be out there doing it. You know, they are, they are an institution, as you put it. That's a perfect... Perfect way to uh, summarize this band. There you go. All right, number two. Ah, yes. So for number two, I have Be Well, Hello, Son. And I'm sure there's some listeners out there saying, hey, you cheated because this is an EP not a full length record but uh I don't care <laughs> this record is just too goddamn good it's so fucking good yeah my rules are a release in 2022 it can't just be a single though it has to at least be an EP those are my yeah. rules and this is my show so that's it I mean but here's the thing like this was it six songs seven songs i mean uh five or six something like that yeah Yeah. i I mean it's all hits with no filler and every song hits in a different way you know and it's it's so much more than a hardcore record and 
every member of this band is so immensely talented and you know on top of that they're some of the best people i know it's lyrically deep it has just a lot of layers to it and few bands hardcore or otherwise can write songs this good but also this meaningful you know there's there's so much more to it than just the music and you can feel it in these songs yeah this band is unbelievable um brian mcturnan easily one of the best conversations i had this year on the new scene and this record b wells music does something to me that uh hardcore or heavier bands don't do like uh, you know just the urgency and the emotion it really comes through especially on hello sun and when i watch the video for this song and uh, you know the, it's just like the pictures and the tours and the live photo montages wow i mean unbelievable band yeah and for those for those people who know brian's story it, it adds a lot more to this album you know when you when you know the background and he's very public about the background so i i recommend anyone who listens to this band go and read some interviews with him or or listen to his, his episode with you because it um it it really changes the the meaning of the music yeah, I, I recommend starting with the new scene episode of Brian McTurnan. And if you feel compelled to listen to other interviews with him after that, you probably won't. But uh, start with the new scene episode. Uh, I'm just being like fake uh, egotistical here. It's fun for me to do. <laughs> when It's fun for me to do when someone else is here. But if, like, if I'm on the show myself doing it, it comes off weird. So I'm taking every opportunity I have, Casey. <laughs> hey, man, you do you. All right. All right. Here it is. It all comes down to this. Number one. Casey's number one record of 2022. Now, here it is. The Darling Fire Distortions. Yes. So with this record, I've been part of the process from the beginning. Um, I heard the first demos. It was the demos that made me want to sign the band. Um, I knew from the beginning, even with the the really rough and raw demos, that this was going to be something really special. I got to go into the studio with Jay Moss. I watched them record it. And I really saw firsthand just how much this band poured their souls into this recording. And I've listened to this record more than any other record this year. Uh, I feel proud that it's on iodine, but if it wasn't, it would still take the number one spot. Um, It has such a heavy dark feeling to it um you know it and i don't think there's ever been a record that's that kind of resonates in this way of like being heavy but still carrying this like really you know soft element to it and then again similar to the last record knowing the backstory and you know what you know, like Jolie from the band had gone through and what inspired the writing of this record. Um, it just gives it this, you know, this really deep understanding. And, you know, I'm, this record is just incredible in every way. Amazing record. Amazing record. I myself love it. And listen, there you have it. That's Casey's top 10 records of the year and I'm I'm not going to say too much because there is some crossover you know and uh, we're going to get into that now so here we go this is Keith of the New Scenes top 10 records of 2022 okay we're starting it off strong with number 10 yes The Darling Fire, Distortions. Now, not only is this a great band, but they're great people. I met Jolie 
and Jose at uh, at Furnace Fest, and I could tell they were actually like happy to meet me because you know sometimes you meet people and they're kind of like, "Who are you?" or "Why are you talking to me?" But look, I was happy to meet them. They were happy to meet me. But beyond that, this record is just a polished masterpiece. The recording is unbelievable. Jay Moss has done an unbelievable job with it. And beyond the music, talking to Jolie and hearing her story and all the personal stuff that went into the album, wow. It just gave it like this whole new meaning to me. And I'm so happy for her that she's realized herself as an artist and taken control of this thing and delivered this record. So congrats to the Darling Fire on an amazing record. And boy, when the, I, this song, I, I just can't. When the chorus kicks in, I get chills every time. You know, that was the demo. That was the first demo they sent me was Machina. And I, I had the same reaction as you did, but with the, like, the rough demo. And wow. I, I told them right out the gate, I was like, I'm going to sign your band and we're going we're gonna to go all in on this thing. Good choice. That would, that would be, yeah. If I listened to it and it was that song and I got, that's my, uh, that's my litmus test. If you will, if I get the chills, when I listen to it, if I get that sensation, I'm like, this is it. It's good. Okay. Number nine. Vain. This world is going to ruin you. Listen to this riff. Listen. Oh my god. Unbelievable. Uh, they stunned the world with Error Zone, and they've done it again with This World is Going to Ruin You. They're an incredible band. They're probably my favorite heavy band right now. I just like everything about it. The aesthetics, the sound, how vicious it is. Listen to this riff. Ready? You can't beat that. I wanted to, they they don't give you too much of that riff in this song. So I want to make my own mix of the song where that riff goes on for like a minute straight <laughs> because it's just it's just so heavy and I, I like when when I walk down the street and listen to this song, I want to like rip trees out of the ground and like push people over. It's just I I have a visceral reaction to this band. Uh and the whole record is fantastic. Yeah, this was a great record and this this was on my short list for my top 10. Um, so I'm glad you had it on yours because it didn't make mine, unfortunately. Yeah. Look, we played the whole song. Can you believe that? Um, yeah, they're going in interesting directions. They've experimented with like some a little bit of drum and bass sound. They mix in just interesting elements to this whole metalcore thing. And I really like what they're doing. They're doing very interesting things. Very interested to see where they will head in the future. So there you go, number nine. And number eight. Hey, thanks. Start living. Now, this is the first song I heard by this band. No, you know what? This isn't the first song I heard by this band. They had some singles before this, I think, that came out. But I I heard this song. Free For Me To You came out first. Yes. Yes, that was it. But when I heard this song, I listened to it. 147,000 times and it still does something to me it's like listen to this hold on listen to this oh it's so good it's like like I mentioned when Casey had it in his top 10 it would be a disservice just to say oh it's emo or it's this or it's that this is an unbelievably strong debut they are polished I mean Awesome band. Awesome debut. There's something about these songs that just like make you feel young again, you know? Yes. And, and just like yes. that that carefree lifestyle of youth. Exactly. And I I'll, I like stuff like that because I'm 40 now and you know, I'm thinking about the past a lot and it's, it's just I like stuff that brings me to that place. Uh hey thanks, start living. Number 8. Congrats again, boys, on a very strong release. All right, number seven. Rolo Tomasi, where myth becomes memory. Now, 
another band where I think this no yeah this is the first song I heard by the band and I was gripped by it so hard I could not pull myself out I listened to it I think 10 or 15 times in a row the first time I heard it and that has not happened very often this is the perfect mix of like I don't know almost like genty industrial metal meets hardcore meets whatever else you want to say and wow listen to that you can't beat that yeah this this is a great record and again this is another one that I was trying to squeeze on my list somehow and um, I, I found out about this band from you so you know, thanks yeah. for the recommendation but it, yeah like you said it, it just offers a lot a whole lot listen how could you go from like the most vicious screaming ever to that beautiful angelic voice she is a a virtuoso as is the rest of the band they've been doing it a long time they've really come into their own and highly recommend where myth becomes memory there's something for everybody listen to that just listen to that i mean come on what are we doing here All right, I'm going to let it go a little longer because I really like this part. Oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Rolo Tomasi. All right, here we go. Number six. Fleshwater. We're not here to be loved. Coming in strong with their debut LP. Now... This band, they released three singles. Uh, they released a three-song demo, dur- I think, during the pandemic. This band features Anthony DiDio from Vane. He plays guitar in this band. Uh, this album is right up my alley. It's heavy, grungy, post-hardcore. Uh, think Deftones, think Hum, think, uh, I don't know, a, a touch of Vane, because you got this really down-tuned guitars, but it's, it's you know, it's not, like, heavy like Vane is. It's... It's really got everything. I really love the vocals, too. It's a nice contrast to the the heavier guitar work. And the record's fantastic. Really. Check it out. Yeah, I need to give this one some more love. I've, I've listened to a few of the singles, but haven't dove deep in. But I, I really like what I've heard so far. Yeah. They're coming in strong. They're coming in hot. And I really like what's going on. All right, here we go. Number five. Yes. Foreign Hands. Bleed the Dream. Another band tearing up the charts. Was stunned to realize when I talked to Jack on the show that they were cruising on three songs for like five years, but getting on all these tours and doing all this stuff. They finally released Bleed the Dream, and it's a sensation myself and many others picked up on it and this is a i like this album because it makes me feel young again you know they have kind of that poison the well vibe and the classic metalcore thing going on but it's got an updated sound so it's new and fresh as well it doesn't just sound like a tribute listen to this this makes me want to kill people oh my god Yeah, these guys must have really like got into the late 90s metalcore scene because like this is so reminiscent of that entire catalog yes that's why i like them because they do a deep dive on all that stuff and they find like more obscure bands and and just you know influences to draw from in a respectful way they nailed it they nailed it they got a new record coming out i think uh next year 2023 so I'm looking forward to seeing where this band goes. Awesome stuff. Highly recommend the whole EP. Foreign Hands, great band. All right, that's number five. Number four. Yes. Chastity. Suffer Summer. Now, I had the opportunity to speak with Brandon on the show, and fantastic fantastic this band just came out of nowhere you know it was like uh 
had the opportunity to speak with Brandon. Okay, let me check out the record. Was instantly grabbed by it. Again, it doesn't happen that often, but I'll tell you what, it's happened a lot more this year than usual. Really like the record. It's uh, poppy, it's upbeat. And I spent a lot of time with it. Perfect warm weather record. I was listening to it a lot this past spring and summer. I really like that Death Wish put out this record. You know, given that, you know, Death Wish has historically been so rooted in heavy music. Um, it's kind of cool to see them actually kind of branch out and do a record like this. Yeah, that's another thing that was appealing. I was like, wait, this is on Death Wish? Cool, okay. That's number four, Chastity, Suffer Summer. All right, we're into the top three now. These are some serious heavyweights coming in, and we're coming in strong with number three. Oh, yes. You know it. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Anxious. Little Greenhouse. I can't say enough good things about this record. It's got it all. It's got a bit of hardcore appeal. It's got plenty of post-hardcore appeal. It uh, brings me back to my youth. It's its own modern, awesome thing that they've just perfected this, you know? And uh, I can hear the Blink-182 influence. I can hear a bit of the hardcore influence. It makes me, it reminds me a lot of Texas is the reason too. just some of the riffage. And that's one of my favorite bands of all time. It's catchy. It's great. This, this was uh, for a long time. This was, uh, this song right here was the first song I would listen to when I leave the house and it would just put me in a really good mood. And I love the band. I love the band and I'm really excited to see where they go next. Yeah, I think these guys are bound for really big things. Um, you know, yeah. again, talk about just coming out strong with just a really, really good, you know, put together, produced record um, that's hooky, you know, fresh. Yeah, it, it's. I I can see them getting on some pretty huge tours in the next year or two. I want that to happen. Like, I picture them out with Blink-182 next after Turnstile, and I want, like, really big things for them. I think I think they could be in that stratosphere. All right. Number two. Oh, yes. What could it be? I'm not sure. Are you sure, Casey? Oh, I'm sure. I'm surprised this isn't <laughs> your number one, to be honest. Well... We'll get into that in a minute, but listen, number two, Greet Death, New Low. Now, I I haven't been grabbed like a band, I haven't been grabbed by a band like this in, I can't remember the last time, honestly. Uh, I discovered them when Death Wish posted this band's first single from this EP, I Hate Everything, and I was so gripped by that song. It was just... I'd never heard anything like it. The lyrical content was perfect. The music was perfect. It was dreary, but upbeat. Uh, another band that I couldn't believe Deathwish was putting out because it sounded different from what I'm used to from Deathwish. And boy, oh boy, uh, this band really, really, really gripped me. Their whole discography. This EP is flawless. I am super excited to see more from this band. Uh, was very happy to have the opportunity to speak with Sam on the show. Greet death. Greet death. Listen to that. I'm pretty sure this is the band that you've talked about the most this year. 100%. Yeah. I came up with an idea today. I was like, uh, I'm going to do a Greet Death podcast. And it's just going to be about, like, my week with Greet Death, how much I listened to them, um, any experience I had with them. Every episode could be, like, it could be, like, five minutes or 30 minutes, depending on how much I interacted with Greet Death that week. And then maybe sometimes they come on and, like, I talk to them about how I listen to them or something. What do you think? Sure. I like it. (laughs) 
No, but seriously, Greet Death. Awesome band. Check them out. All right, here it is. Number one. My number one pick of the year. And I'm going to play it for you after I dramatically build it up just a little bit more. Now, there was a lot of great music this year. You heard Casey's list. You heard my list. There's a lot of other albums that came out that didn't make the top 10, but that we still loved. And we'll talk about some of those too. But in terms of top 10 records of 2022, my number one pick is... Holy Fawn, Dimensional Bleed. Now, I first discovered this band when Death Spells came out, and I remember hearing the song Seer, and I had a visceral reaction to that song. They instantly became one of my favorite bands, and they've done it again this year. I am ravaged by this song. I, I, I almost cry every time I hear it because it's just I, I, this band can do no wrong the music is perfect the lyrical content is perfect uh, Ryan is a gamer I know that and those lyrics haunt me I'll find you again in some other life Oh, uh, their merch is perfect like everything they do is perfect they are like the quintessential perfect band they managed to top death spells and the EP that came after it. They just get better and better and I wish them continued success and I I uh, would really like Ryan to come on the show, so I'm going to put that out there. You know, it, it, this is a highly recommended podcast. Ryan, I think you'll have a good time. Let's, let's do this. Let's get it done. There you go, number one. Yeah, it it was hard for me to not put this at number one. This record is so good. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's our top 10 records of the year. Casey, what are some records that didn't make the top 10? One special record that I want to give attention to is Silent Drive, Fairhaven. That just keeps sneaking into my subconscious, and it's so good. It's like the perfect blend of rock meets post-hardcore meets whatever the hell else you want, genre you want to throw in there. It's really catchy. It's really good. The production is so good. Like, I'm sold on Jay Moss now. I'm like, if I record a record, I need to do it with him because Darling Fire sounds good. Silent Drive sounds good. I mean, Silent Drive Fairhaven is uh, is an honorable mention honorable mention for me yeah that that was a great record and yeah for sure jay really brought out you know the the big guns for that one uh honorable mention for me is actually the the new fairweather record deluge i mean it's only four tracks but um you know it's it's not the old fairweather that people know you know the the super poppy emo stuff um you know, it's, it's a lot more atmospheric. Um, it's, you know, for me, it was really cool EP for a band that's been active for a long time. And, um, I've been listening to that a lot this year. I really liked that one too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to give special mention again. I know this is going to be annoying, but I want to give special mention again to Great Death. Now, I know I've talked about them a lot, but you know, when I discovered the EP, right, I went back and listened to the 2019 LP, and if I could have put this for number one for 2022, I would have, but that's against my rules that I made up. I've never been so gripped by a song like I did for You're Gonna Hate What You've Done. I I need everybody to listen to this. I need everybody to listen to at least this song, and just like, if you don't like it, fine, but I need everybody to hear it. Like, I've sent this song to everybody, and I'm like, listen, I know, like, sending people music, and, you know, but just you just have to hear this. And this LP is just unbelievable. I'm really excited for more from Greek Death. What do you think, Casey? Yeah, I'm really impressed with everything they've done so far. And again, they're a young band, you know? I mean, they're really yeah. at the beginning of their career, so... 
to start out as strong as they have, I mean, they can only go up from here. Like, listen to that. That they wrote that three years ago. They're like already on to some other shit. Unbelievable. This song, uh, this song, like, you know, they they were posting on Instagram and they they were like, one of the guys was like doing guitar lessons on Zoom. He's like, we'll teach you Greek death songs. We'll teach you. I w- actually wanted to get in touch just to learn how to play this song. I might still, because uh, I hear it and I want to play it, and I'm like, man, I wish I wrote that. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, all right, we also have to mention, you know, there was a a very important song that was released in 2022, and that would be my Juice World remix of fast now casey you'll be happy to know that uh i posted it to youtube and it's at 134 likes and fast approaching 3400 views all right now i have an idea you know what you know i i just can't miss this is like the first music i've posted in a long time and it's already getting all this attention how would you feel about signing me to a lucrative recording contract yeah, let's uh, let's talk offline about that. <laughs> All right, we'll have, take have it your offline. people get in touch with my people. Okay, wait, isn't that just you? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right, check out my acoustic remix of "Fast" by Juice World. It's under the YouTube name KRM. Wait, uh, did you play the guitar on this? No, oh. I just pulled it from. I pulled everything from different places, and then I just pieced it all together. Got it. So yeah, but I I will have some uh, original music coming next year. I hope as well. I've been working on it for a long time, and yeah, I I hope we hope to be playing shows soon. So Can't stay wait. tuned. So there you go. There's all of our favorite music of 2022 and 2019. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you agree. We hope you don't disagree. But if you do, that's fine. That's fine. We'll, we sleep just fine at night. You know, there's one thing that needs to be said. And I think this year really goes to show how thriving and alive like our scene is. You know, that there's this many, this many good records, you know, and, and so many records that we didn't even mention, you know, in the span of 12 months. And it kind of gives me a lot of hope and gives me a lot of excitement to kind of be back in the industry again, because, you know, you know, we've got young musicians that are making amazing, fresh new music. Um, and you've got, you know, a lot of older people that from our scene that are continuing to, you know, pump out like hit after hit or great song after great song. Um, and it's, you know, I think there's a lot of like nostalgia these days, people kind of living in the past, you know, with these reissues and, you know, these festivals that are focused just on, you know, capitalizing on nostalgia, but there's a lot of great new music out there and, you know, it, it it's exciting. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Being not only plugged back into this thing, but also a part of it now, it, it's just like, I'm just very grateful for it every day. Because I was really checked out and only fantasizing about doing something, anything in music again, just whacked out on drugs and disconnected from life and reality. And now to be plugged back in and playing music again and doing this podcast uh, to just be in the bloodline of this whole thing, it really keeps me going every day. And like you mentioned, there's great stuff happening everywhere. There's legacy bands, there's newer bands doing great stuff. It's very alive, it's very thriving, and I'm happy that I get to be part of it in my own way. It really gives my life purpose. Wait, Tiffany didn't make your top 10? Uh, That was another honorable mention. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I defy you to listen to the song Shadows and not enjoy it. That sounds like Alkaline Trio, or it sounds like a darker Alkaline Trio, or like some kind of post-hardcore poppy type thing. It's so good. It was stuck in my head for like the whole two weeks that I was preparing for and recording that show. That's awesome. Yeah. So check it out. How are you doing, Casey? Let's check in with each other. We haven't spoken in a long time. I'm good, man, but I am drowning in work with a label. 2023 is going to be 
insane for for us we've got i don't even know last time i checked it's like 14 or 15 releases on the calendar and we've got some really big ones that people are not gonna expect i think you know what i'm talking about yep we've got some cool reissues but you know we've got a lot of new records coming as well and um you know we're gearing up for the first drop in january and i've been working like 12 hours a day getting stuff ready for that so, you know, it, my whole world has just been consumed with, um, getting ready for the, for the new year and new releases. Yeah. There's a lot, I can't wait for that one thing. That's going to be really awesome. That's all, that's all I'll say. Yeah. And it's coming soon. I mean, it's, it's going to be January. So, you know, for those oh. people who've made it this far in the, uh, the episode. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's like, I can't even like hype it up enough. Like it's that big. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. I, I I don't want to say too much because, you know, it's it's going to be a big surprise, but I'm excited. And yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I feel you on the busy thing, you know, the show feels harder to do than ever because I don't know, my life is busier, like work is busier. And I don't know, just the first couple years of the show, I just did it without blinking an eye and I was like, this is what I do. But now that I'm in year three... Yeah, I'll, I'll be approaching year three. Yeah, I just I just feel the weight a lot more. But um, I don't know. I'm going to keep doing it because it it just really gives me purpose. I and I still enjoy doing it. It's hard, but I still enjoy doing it. You know, Casey, I took some advice from you, and I'm not being as crazy with the editing anymore. Like I, I used to be like a psycho with the editing, and I would just perfectly do everything to my mind that I thought would be perfect, but I'm just letting go a little bit. And I realized it's because I'm very self-conscious. I'm just going to put that out there, people. I'm being honest with you right now. I'm very self-conscious. So I'm like, I need to make the absolute perfect product so that it will be great. And I think it's great and there's no problems, but I'm just letting go a little bit. I, I, you know, I think that's the lesson in all of this is I just need to let go a little bit more and not be so protected and have claw marks and everything. And I find that when I do that and open up more and reach out to people more, I'm happier in general. So that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah. I mean, and I've seen firsthand how hard you work because I, I get involved with the scheduling as well. And I've seen how many interviews you've, you know, knocked out in a week. I think there's been some weeks where you've done almost three in a week, right? Yeah. I've done three in a week. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, and these are big guests. So, you know, you're having to spend time doing the research and, and all the legwork leading up to it. So, but I think it's a testament to how good the show has gone on, you know, and, and how well it's been received. I have neglected to mention it on the show, Casey, because everything has been so busy, but we recently celebrated a, a year of the new scene. Oh, wow. I forgot that we even passed that. Yeah. First week of November, one wow. year. Of the new scene. That's Can you awesome. believe it? Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I I expect this partnership to go on for many years because uh, it's, you know, it's great working with you. And I feel like we've both kind of developed with each other, you know, as, as things have, as time has gone on. Yeah. Yeah. It was like perfect timing with everything. You coming back into things, me coming back into things, paths intersecting. You can hear it all documented on this show, folks. Go back and listen to every episode like Simon is doing. I mean, it's it's a real thrill ride. I think my favorite thing, the biggest change is how previously, you know, you or we had to beg people to come on the show. And now, <laughs> now we have to like turn people down because, you know, we're just constantly getting berated with requests to come on the yeah. show, <laughs> including, including Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, that's still my favorite part. And I, you know, I've told the story before, but there was so many times where Tommy and I thought like, well, I guess that's it or we're not weekly anymore because there was there was just, you know, we were recording week to week. We were booking week to week and we would just run out of guests. And I'm like, well, we can't keep doing shows with us. Like it's entertaining sometimes, but we can't pull that off every week. 
but then something would always come through or you, you know, you were even helping out with guests before the partnership. So there would, it would always come through. And I don't think you've talked about this on the show, but there was one point in the fall where I think we stopped taking new guest requests for like three months. Cause we were, <laughs> we were booked that far out. You were like, yeah, their next open slot is November. And this was yeah. like back in August or something like that. Yeah. I, I cruised through the whole summer on, on all those episodes we had banked. It was great. Yeah. I would do that again. Oh, here, this is a good subject. Favorite episodes of the new scene, 2022. Casey, you go first. Brian McTernan, for sure, was, I think, the best one um, by far. You know, I think he really opened up in a way that I haven't heard him on other interviews. And it just was a really deep and personal connection that I think you guys had during the show. And, um, you know, he told stories that I'd never heard. And... Yeah, it was it was a really good one. And then if I were to name the top three, Adam from Caven was up there for sure. And again, you know, similar to Brian, I just felt like he opened up about a lot of topics that I haven't heard anyone in the band talk about before. You know, especially you know some of the Caleb stuff. Um, you know, some of the challenges they face as a band. You know, over the years and. Uh, Nika Danilova from Zola Jesus was a really good one. And um, like I said earlier, you know, we were going through our top 10 albums. I think your interview with her really changed my perception of her album and, you know, kind of gave it this, you know, this, you know, depth and meaning that, you know, I, I didn't necessarily capture the first listen through. So um, yeah, that, that was a really good one. I agree with all of those. Some of my personal favorites, Nika from Zola Jesus and Wes from Cold Cave, because I really respect them as artists and as people. I, I like their whole aesthetic. I like everything about them. I was thrilled when I learned that those conversations were going to happen. Absolutely thrilled. Was very, very, very happy to have them on the show. Brian McTurnan, those are my favorite episodes. Episodes like Brian's, where we get into deep stuff and we can talk about things because I, I just love having those conversations. You know, they help me and I know they help other people too because I hear from the listeners. Adam McGrath, I was dying, dying to talk to someone from Caven and to ask all those questions that I needed the answers to because they're such an important band to me. And the interview could not have gone more perfect. Adam was fantastic. Love that band. And let's see, who else? I just ran through the list because I forgot some of the interviews from this year. Um, I mean, you you interviewed Walter Schreifels this year, you know, February 7th. That was this year? That was this year, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was wow. early this year, but it was this year. I mean, that that was a great interview. I was sure that was late. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a legend. Yeah. A legend. I was freaking out before that one, but you know it went well. So kudos to me, I guess. But yeah. oh, here's a here's a fun game, Casey. What was the most listened to episode of the new scene in 2022? I think I know this, but I might be wrong. Was it Tobias from Softkill? Yes. Yes, that one rocketed up the charts. You know, Spotify gives you a podcast wrapped. And uh, one of the slides was like, something very special happened between July, whatever, you know, the week the show happened. And then I looked it up and it was Tobias Grave. And I was like, ah, yes, yes. Yeah. That was fantastic, too, because Soft Kill is a great band. And again, those are my favorite conversations. I, you know, d wait, I knew he was in recovery, but anytime I get to have that conversation, that's like icing on the cake for me. Yeah, that, that was a really special one. And I also think that, you know, with with Tobias, you know, there's, I don't know that he does a lot of interviews. So, you know, some of these guests, it's really cool when we have them on the show because, you know, they open up and they talk about things that they don't really talk about elsewhere. So I think that brought a lot of, you know, soft kill fans and people that are just fans of his music, um, you know, to the table because it wasn't really available elsewhere. Exactly. I don't think he's done a lot of interviews. So uh, I'm really happy that we got that one when we did. But yeah, it's uh, everything's good. Happy to still be doing the show. 
even bigger things to come in 2023. And I guess that's really it, you know? Nothing else is going on. Yeah, well, you know, I want to thank you, Keith, for all your hard work. Um, you know, I, I've told you this in private, you know, on the phone, but, you know, I think it's a good opportunity to say it now on the show, which is I've always felt that, like, since we partnered together, you've kind of been the voice of the label. You know, you're you're kind of like the forward-facing entity that people see on a weekly basis. So thank you for everything that you've done and representing the label and, and, um, you know, look forward to next year and doing it again. Of course. It's a good place to be. I like that. I actually like the label, you know, even if I wasn't associated with it, this is a label that I would really enjoy. I like, I'm big into aesthetics, presentation, the bands, the overall package and iodine has it. So I'm, I'm happy to be part of it in the way that I am. Great. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. That's it. We're out of time. But listen, I'm here every week. Let's face it. Sometimes I'm here two times a week. It's crazy what's going on over here. But uh, you can expect more great guests. You can expect more great co-hosts. We're always going to be here until we're not, I guess. But listen, it's fine. We'll just replace you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, let someone else do this. We'll bring Tommy back. Yeah. He, he can handle it. It's fine. <laughs> And then it'll become the show about Costco and <laughs> teaching and Costco. And oh, I talked to Tommy today. There was a meme. It was like some comedian. And she was like, oh, well, like once you give, once you start buying pants at Costco, that's it. You've given up. Like you're on your spiritual journey in life right now. And uh, I sent that to Tommy and he liked that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so I sent it to Tommy and I was like, you must be a guru by now because he, <laughs> and he's like, dude, I buy whole outfits at Costco, socks, pants, underwear, everything. Have you ever purchased any clothing at Costco, Casey? I honestly don't know if I've ever even been inside of a Costco. <laughs> I don't think I have either. I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't. Henry Rollins does a skit about it. So ever since I heard that, I've always steered clear. <laughs> well, that's it. We're out of time. Thanks everybody for listening. And until next time.